Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to our mom. Correct. <laughs> that is what we do best. Hi out there, mama. Hi, mama. <laughs> okay, so what are you making because it already smells good? Oh my, well, I put it out there that I needed some suggestions on what to make this week because I wasn't feeling inspired. I saw that on our fan page. It's and a good thing we have our... so many people on our fan page that got to see I that know. because that's the kind of stuff you get to do when you're a part of the fan, fan page. page. <laughs> So our fan Julie, Julie asked if we would do something gluten free. Oh yeah! So I, I have found a gluten free flourless tort. I love a tort of the chocolate variety. Chocolate? Well, I love a tort, and I've never made a chocolate I didn't like. So mm. <laughs> we're yes, in indeed. business. And and you were telling me about the recipe before we came online, and it, and there was something you said about the butter. Uh. 18 tablespoons of butter. You are speaking my love language over there. It is basically <laughs> butter, eggs, um, chocolate, and sugar. I, I mean, I, all of that sounds perfect to me. I can't imagine anything that's lacking. I know. I'm so excited. Right now, I'm melting together my butter and my chocolate. You can do it in a double boiler. Broiler. Boiler. Boiler. Not a broiler. That would be awkward. Yeah. Or you can do it in your microwave. So, guess which one I chose? Uh, microwave. Yeah. That's fine. So it's summertime. It, who cares? It's summertime. I'm not looking to double boil anything. No. Mm -mm. It yeah. is summertime here. It's not summertime in the whole country, but oh, definitely right. here. Well, it's summertime here. It's and hot. that's all relative. It's hot. It's been a long day at work. Oh, how's it now? Yes, it has. Okay. And now I'm just ready to bake it relax up. Relax and bake. And talk and about laugh some murder. And talk about murder. I so. know. I know. So I have a murder. Yeah, you do have a murder. <sighs> this murder is bonkers. I can't wait to hear it. I it's, love a, a good bonkers it's a murder. Bonkers, it's bonkers. I can't tell you. I just don't even know how else to describe it. And I'll tell you where I got the idea from is um, for Christmas, I got um, a one, tear off each day. It's a true crime tear oh, off yeah, calendar. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yes. And this actually took up an entire week. Oh, wow. Which some of the true crimes do that. They'll do a case and, and do it for like five days. Wow. So, yeah. So that's, this is pretty amazing. So I'm going to start out talking about Jen Carson. Okay. Jen grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Her mom was a teacher. Her dad was a scholar, but also a stay-at-home dad. Oh, nice. He was very attentive and very free-spirited. Jen was definitely a daddy's girl. Some of her earliest memories were of them having breakfast every morning and of him brushing her hair, getting ready, getting her ready for the day. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, he was very hands-on. So, a little while into the marriage, Mom, Lynn, noticed some changes in her husband, James. Oh. He became incredibly short-tempered towards anyone that had wronged him. Oh. Yes. And in 1975, when Jen was, or 79, I'm sorry, when Jen was only five years old, James Carson, that's his name, mm -hmm. he pulled a gun on his wife, Lynn, during an argument and threatened her life. Well, for heaven's sake. So she wasted no time. She moved out and divorced James. So then James gets remarried. And he remarries a lady named Susan Barnes. She had two teenage sons. So the scuttlebutt on Susan is that her first marriage had ended due to her psychosis from very heavy drug use. Oh no. She was a stay-at-home mom, a country club life. Oh. But she got bored, started taking some psychosomatic drugs. Oh my. 
And she really loved to hang out with the friends of her teenage sons and oh, did drugs gosh. with them and slept with them. Oh my goodness. So she is um she definitely is a bit of a free spirit, I'd say. So um when James meets Susan, they meet at a party and um she says to him, Your name is Michael. Huh. And he said, No, mm-mm. My name is James. And she said, oh, no, you are Michael. You are of God. Oh, my. And God has told me that you're Michael. Oh. Well, they're, 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 and he's in love. For heaven's sake. So he and Susan get married, and he changes his name. Oh, to Michael? Michael Bear Carson. Okay. And then she decides she's going to change her name. So her name went from Susan, which was S-U-S-A-N, to uh -huh. Suzanne, or Suzanne. 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 S-U-Z-A-N, also middle name Bear. Wow. And then she took the last name Carson. Okay. These two together became... Shazam! <laughs> something like that. Shazam, Shazam, holy shit. <laughs> So they became very involved in illicit drug use, oh. and they together developed their own interpretation of religion. Okay. Because that's what you do. Yeah. I guess. I don't know what you do. I really don't. It's just not a good idea. It's, it's just not. a... I'm going to say this is a match made in hell. Oh, gosh. So, um, Michael sends Jen, his daughter, a letter and says, guess what? God has given me a new name. And a wife. And the new name is Michael Bayer uh -huh. Carson. So Jen goes to visit her dad. And when she gets there, there's no furniture. Uh -huh. There's no lamps. It's uh -huh. completely dark in the house. There are walls painted black. Well, yeah, because you got to use the black light for the psychedelics. I suppose. And um, she said it reminded her, there were hundreds of potted plants everywhere. Oh. And Jen said it reminded her of, of walking into the haunted forest in Snow White. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, no. And when she would go, her father and his new bride, her stepmother, they would go, get so completely high, they would pass out on the only piece of furniture in the entire house, which was a waterbed. Most often, they pass out there naked. Oh, no. And for so many hours, that the child never got fed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they just completely neglected her. So, but she's gone from being the apple of her dad's eye. To not knowing what the hell is going now on. Now, he's got a new wife, and he's moved on. To this wacko To a whole new life without her. Okay. So, one night, Suzanne was rubbing Jen's back. Jen? Jen. Jen's not Michael Bayer, but Jen. Yeah, Jen, the little girl, Jen. And then Suzanne scratched her very deeply, leaving five open wounds down her back. For heaven's sake, Suzanne. Suzanne was scratching the demon out of little Jen. Oh, my gosh. That's the last time little Jen got to go see her dad and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> because Lynn packed her shit up and Jen's shit up and moved. And over the course of four years, moved across the country, but kind of zigzagged all around because she didn't want Michael Michael Bear to find her right. or Jen. So it took them about four years, but they finally landed in Orange County. Okay. So Jen was furious at her mother for taking away from her, her dad. She didn't understand. She was right. just a kid. Yeah, yeah. She hated her mom. Lynn had no support whatsoever and really struggled with depression because here she has saved this kid from certain doom. The kid hates her for it. Right. She's scared to death of what the hell her husband has become right. and where is he at any moment. And she's got nobody around to support her. And she keeps moving around to the point that she cuts off close ties with people at the drop of a hat and moves if she thinks he's anywhere near her. So is that good? That's, That's real coffee. good. <laughs> We're having some special That's coffee. That's the best coffee I've had all week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got some. Woo! <laughs> there are no open flames anywhere. Are there? no. <laughs> There's Bailey's and Amaretta and a little bit of coffee in there. It's delicious. That's delightful. So, anyway, Jen becomes quite the handful and she's always in trouble. Mm. She had a second grade teacher that Jen said she was the worst student she ever had in her whole career. For heaven's sake. 
And I, oh, no. I don't like that because I'm a second mean. grader. Yeah. Like, come on. I mean, I had, you know, my kids have not been angels in school. And I would hate to think that they're saying that about my kid. Listen, and you kids go through stuff at home. You don't know what they're, what's yeah, happening and she was in their home going life. through some tumultuous times. And she would come into school with all of her hair combed into the front oh, of her man. face so she wouldn't have to make eye contact with anybody. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. So like she, she was been she was really on having a spectrum somewhere. Well she was just having a tough time with who she was and what was happening in her life. She sure. she didn't know enough to be completely knowledgeable about the situation because she was too young. Her mom was shielding her. Right. But police would randomly show up to Lynn's house and ask about her her ex-husband. Oh. And Lynn would talk to them in private, but Jim would hear, like, little snippets of conversation, and it was very confusing to her. Right. So, Jim never felt safe, ever. But and, she did have that, a teacher. Back then, uh, these, they, people protected their children. They didn't... Very sheltered. They didn't tell them Anything. things that were happening. Exactly. Which causes a lot of anxiety in kids. Right. So, anyway, there was a teacher in Jim's life that did noticed that Jen was really having a difficult time in her life and she she did a lot to bring Jen out. As a matter of fact, Jen says that she saved her life. Just an FYI, I'm putting in a, a splash of bourbon. I didn't see it. Do it again. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared to do too much. Yeah, you don't want a soupy tool. Um, no. No, Because it'll balsam. bring out the flavor of that chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just like the Bailey's brings out exactly. the flavor of the amaretto. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Okay, carry on. Okay, so um, in 1980, the Bears, <laughs> I don't know what to call them, <laughs> the, Bears. the Bear Carsons, <laughs> they returned to the U.S. from a year-long trip to Europe. Oh. Where they had a pagan marriage ceremony at Stonehenge. Oh. Yeah. Um, and where they also went through Europe preaching their new religion, which was very contradictory because they preached all this devotion to God, but then they would do all these pagan things like get married at Stonehenge. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just didn't make sense. I don't think it, it caught on. Right. Didn't catch on. No. Like they were hoping. They were really hoping it would catch on. <laughs> but when they came home, they settled in San Francisco. Which is the birthplace of Rice Aroni, by the way. Yeah, it's the San Francisco <laughs> yes. trees. Absolutely. That's all I ever think about when I hear San Francisco. Yeah. So, anyway, so when they settled into San Francisco, they settled into the drug scene. And I'm talking LSD, peyote, like some heavy hitters. And they also joined the counterculture movement of the 80s. Okay. Which was just whatever society says is acceptable and culture we're going to do the opposite right so when lynn heard this she took steps to hide herself and jen because she they're now they're in california and she's in california right she was so afraid that jen was going to be abducted after that and this crazy woman yeah i don't blame her so the the bears the bears <laughs> decided that they were going to start a cult because you know they went to europe and it didn't catch on so now they're going to start a cult because they want to be religious leaders. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Of course. But they need more participants because it's not really a cult if it's just the two leaders. you got to have people participate. Exactly. So they start trying to recruit people. And they meet this girl in her 20s named Karen Barnes. All right. Her name was spelled K-E-R-Y-N. Karen. Karen. Wasn't that Susan of Barnes before? Yeah, but it's not the same a Barnes. No of relation. A, of a different clan. Of a different cult okay yes so they meet her and she's an expire expiring she's not expiring she's aspiring she's an aspiring actress from georgia and she has also fallen into the san francisco counterculture scene oh so they invite her invite her to move in and see i'm already stumbling over my words when you say counterculture i think of culture club That's how the, the alcohol yeah. is affecting my brain. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think about Scentsy counter counter clean. I don't no, know why. I don't know. I don't know what's happening mm. with that. I've already said Bailey's Go twice. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you said that twice now. Go ahead. Okay, so they meet this girl. They invite her to move in, and she is so fascinated by this couple. She's like, "Yeah, I'll come. Move. I'll come live with y'all." Yeah. 
Yeah. So now they've got a participant. Nice. So in March of 1981, 23-year-old Karen is found dead in the apartment. Oh, Karen. She didn't last long as a participant. Oh, my goodness. She had been beaten in the head with a cast iron skillet to the point that her skull was crushed, and she had been stabbed 13 times, wrapped in a blanket, and left on the kitchen floor. Well, were they trying to beat Jesus out of her? Oh, I'll get to that. So, of course, Michael and Suzanne mm. are nowhere to be found. Shazam! <laughs> Shazit! <laughs> <laughs> no, shashit! Shashit! <laughs> They actually had fled up to a mountain hideout in Oregon. Oh. They're all over the place. They really are. And they hide there until the spring of 1982. And then they decide, we really love California. We're going to go back. We're going to go back. Yeah, why not? We've I mean, it's so there. free there. Free. Yes. So they go back and they start working at a marijuana farm. Oh, great. Okay. This is in the early 80s. Wow. Yes. So... They believe themselves to be, at this point, uh-oh. Well, she didn't kill a bug. She's just trying to discipline her dog. Well, I didn't, I didn't smack him. I didn't no, she, no, 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 no. She just tried to make a noise. She would know. No. Go lay down, Trout. We're done with you. Okay. So, at this point, they consider them, the two of them, it's just two now, but they have decided that they are now a witch-killing cult. For heaven's sake. <laughs> yes. And this is part of their DIY religion. So, so they're doing which, it. Which <laughs> killing marijuana farmers? Yes. And they're doing it in the name of God. Of course they are. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so they have a co-worker at the mar marijuana. I, call, I always want to call it the marinara farm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not marinara. It's a marijuana farm. I think he's the owner, but I'm not sure. Oh. His name is Clark Stevens. Oh. Clark Stevens. Well, Mr. Stevens likes to drink a little bit, get loud and party, and they grow very tired of his drinking and loud voice. Oh, we wouldn't last long in this scenario. No. <laughs> we oh would God. not do well. We're out. <laughs> Sorry, so, Bears. So We're because out. of his annoyance, and they feel like he's being disrespectful to God, they decide he must be a witch. Oh, that makes so sense. So we've got to kill him. If he's a witch, it's what we do. So they find an old gun with some old ammo. Well, good. <laughs> Thank goodness it's an old one. Uh-huh. And they shoot him in the head. Okay. But the gun is so old and the bullets are so old, it takes two to kill him. Oh, no. And then, listen to this. They're so creative. These are creative geniuses. So... Do I have some? No. Do I need this for the whipped cream? A little bit. Yeah. Not a lot, though. Like two tablespoons. Just yes or no? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> listen to what they do. They shoot Mr. Um, Clark Stevens. Right, right. They bury him in chicken manure. What? And they light him on fire. But that is just terrible. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, my God. They're not right in the head. They're not right. No excuse. But they're doing it in the name of God. No, they aren't. That's what they think. That is not what God would want. And if you annoy me, you must be a witch. And if you're a witch, then I must kill you. That's how it For is. For heaven's sake. So they, they burn him up as much as they can, and then they take his remains and bury him in the woods nearby on his farm. Mm. And I don't know how this happened, but they accidentally left the man's ID completely intact. Maybe Over it's all, right, right near where the body was. Perhaps all the drugs. <laughs> I don't know. They're just not thinking clearly. So the remains were very quickly identified. And these two go on the run again. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. They're like the body and cloud of witch cults. Uh, yeah. But, but they're, they're the bears. They're the bears. <laughs> so January of 1983, these two yahoos are hitchhiking. And some friendly man named John Hellyer... Oh, John. Picks him up in his pickup truck. That is just bad. Bad, John. So they tell him we're headed out to Santa Rosa, and he's like, I'm going in that direction, too. So he says, come on. And at some point on this 300-mile journey, oh gosh. that's a long time to be with some wood killers yes. and not annoy them. Exactly. Well, at some point, Suzanne has received a divine message from God. Oh, no. And this divine message says... 
the man driving the pickup truck is a witch. Oh no! So Suzanne, Suzanne tells Michael to take, to take out that shoddy old pistol <laughs> and kill this MFR. Yeah. But John fights him. He's driving down the road and they pull the gun out and point it at his head and he's trying to bat the thing away. Yeah. And he's driving recklessly all over. He makes it to the side of the road and jumps out. And he's like, run, John. And they're wrestling for the gun. And unfortunately, Michael Bear gets a shot off and shoots him in the head and kills him. Oh, man. So he shoots him dead. But at this point, there's some witnesses at a fruit stand. Oh. That see the whole damn thing. Oh, gosh. And they call the police and let them know what happened as these two witch hunters drive off in the, the victim's truck. Well, yeah, you've got to have transportation when you're in a cult. So the police come and they give chase. Can it be a cult if it's just the two of you? I don't know. That's I think the jury is out on that. Okay. I'm not sure, but that's what they are. They're a cult. So um, Michael wrecks the truck into a ditch, and they're and the two witch hunters are taken into police custody. Incomplete. Mm. Incomplete. I just can't get my mouth to work. Goodness. Mm. Oh, that's going to help. So they're going to be taken into police custody. And they give a full confession. They tell the police on the way there to the police station, oh, we're going to tell you what we've done. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's all good. It's we in the name of Jesus. We killed, we killed a couple other people, too. Yeah. So then they tell him that the reason that they killed Karen, the first victim, is because... After she, she was a sassy manager type and they didn't like her attitude. No, it's even better. It's even better. <laughs> That's rude. That's fucking rude. So witty, right? Not witty. Not not so witty. Not witty. Yes. No. Anyway, when they um asked her to join into their marriage, she turned them down. What? And upon turning them down, she instantly became a vampire. Oh. And they had to kill her. I'm watching her right there. She's <laughs> turned into her, a vampire. Even though they killed her when she was sleeping. Listen. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yes. I've seen it happen at nighttime. And they also let them know that they had a witch-killing cult hit list. A hit list? Which included Johnny Carson and Ronald Reagan. Oh. Amongst a whole lot of other people. I had no idea they were on the hit that, list. That Ronnie Reagan was a so they get to the station and they say, "Okay, we're going to give you an official confession, but first we need to hold a press conference because, after all, we are religious leaders, and this is what religious leaders do." Of course. So they have a press conference. Wait a minute! <laughs> the police said yes. Yeah. Sure. I have a press conference. Well, because they talk about they talk openly about killing the people. Why would you have a press conference for these Who's two going to show up? Not their cult members. They don't have any. They have nobody. If the police department throws a press conference, the press is going to show up. Well, they talked on camera of about what they, they had did. done, and they were there was no remorse. It was just like, listen, we've ha we've been anointed by God. We and have you're a job welcome. to do, and we're doing it. And you're you're so welcome. And I'm sorry that these stupid policemen have stopped us from continuing to do our jobs. Oh my goodness! Yes. So then, so then they say, okay, we're going to give you a full confession. So they give them a full confession, but you know it still has to go to court for sentencing. They get into court for sentencing, and the two of them plead not guilty. We didn't. Because they did it in the name of Jesus. Well, they did it in the name of John. Not John. <laughs> not John. God. They did it in the name of God. So, and then Michael actually wrote an op-ed letter to a local San Francisco journalist. And in it, he talked about how it was so upsetting that no one cared that the couple was ridding San Francisco of the witches. Well... <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's... It was like, dudes, I was doing good work here. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What is the matter with you? So eventually, they're both convicted, and they end for three murders. They get 25 to life for each one of these murders, so they end up with 75 years to life. Oh, okay. Okay, both of them. The police... You're really... to know how they do in jail. I know. Well, yeah. If they cleared out some of that population <laughs> or not. I don't know. Don't piss them off because then you'll turn into a vampire right in front of their eyes. 
So the police think that they probably killed other people, especially when they were in Europe. Yeah. And probably even when they were on the run in the United States, but they just haven't found anything that has lined up with them. Right. So, um, so anyway, let's go back to Jen, the daughter. Okay. Her life didn't get a whole lot easier when her dad's crimes came to light. Oh. You know, she's on, he's on the news. And she's like, what the heck? Yeah. She, and well, what so, she needed to do was apologize to her mother. I think that she and her mother have repaired their relationship. I'm really glad. Yeah. And she, you know, she did, she credits the fact that she did have this teacher that really turned her life around by refusing to give up on her and showing her compassion. Like she was, and she said, that woman saved my life. Aww. So fast forward to May 27th, 2020. Oh. Yeah. Well, speed it on up. So Michael comes up for parole because in California, there's some kind of a program that when you reach the age of 60, and if you've set, served at least 25 years of your sentence, you should go to the parole board to see if they'll let you out. Brilliant. Brilliant. Way to go, California. Well, listen, Jen takes her ass up to that parole board and, and opposes his release. And she <laughs> said, I oppose his release forever. Right. Like, I let it be known. And she told them all about the things that would happen when she would go to their house when she was a Good kid. for her. Yes. So he has been, he was denied parole. Yeah. I would hope so. Yes. And Jen said, I'll keep showing up as long as they keep putting them in front of a parole board because yeah. they need to be incar incarcerated forever. And they're not incarcerated together. Like, he, he got transferred somewhere, and she's, she's, they're not, like, together. They're not at a couple's retreat, like I'm sure they thought they were going to get. <laughs> yeah. So, but that is, that is, that's called the case of the San Francisco witch killers. Wow. How crazy was that? Super intensely crazy. Intensely lunatic. Lunatic. I mean, it was, it was just crazy. I was like, What? Every time, I would be like, I'd say, what? What? I, and, then, and then I'd say, what? Did anybody say it back to you? No, I was alone. If they had said it back, I'd have jumped right out of my panties. Well, I'm starting to wonder if you might not be a witch. <laughs> I'm not. Don't kill me. And I'm not a vampire either. <laughs> I, I don't like the blood. <laughs> yeah, I've nice. been known to be in a witchy mood. <laughs> That's about as witchy as it gets, but right? thank God they weren't bitch killers because oh. they would have gone in trouble. Yeah, we wouldn't have lasted a whole minute. <laughs> no. Well, they wouldn't last around us because they don't like drinking and loud talking. No. So we would have been out. We would have been covered in chicken manure and, and burned. No, sugar. I'd have fought on that one. <laughs> I'd have fought real hard. Well, you would have been dead. I don't think so. <laughs> Like we could have taken them. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we could have taken them. I think we could have called them names to the point that they just dissolved into. Yeah. So look, tears. we've got our mother's evil look. I know. Like, we have you that. You made us mad. I'll kill you. Look, you're getting the look, and they would have just gone up in flames. Uh huh. I said, uh, let me tell you about God, honey. Yeah. Let me tell you about God. You're about to meet him. Not to mention, you and I are extremely smart. We would have found, we would have figured that out. We would have figured it out. Yes. For sure. Yeah. So that is my murder. That is insane. Yes, I agree. And hopefully they never, ever see the light of day outside of the prison. I can't imagine that they would. You never know. I feel good about it. I do have a picture that I'll put up of the two of them. It's in black and white, which makes it even creepy. But Ugh. they they remind me of like a Charles Manson and, and a Charles Manson follower. Oh. But you would have to say that Suzanne was really the Charles Manson. She was the brains behind it. Mm. And he was the brawn. Yeah. Crazy. So Jen says that she, she doesn't complete. I mean, she understands what her dad did was wrong. But she thinks that he, he has been so heavily... Influenced by Suzanne, Suzanne. That she, is, she is the one that's the most rooted in evil. But either way, she doesn't want them to get out. And I don't blame her. I don't blame her either. My God, can you imagine having to look over your shoulder? No, not at all. All right, well, let me tell you what's happening in here. Yeah, it smells delish. How that tort going? How your torte? I don't know. It's in the oven. It smells delicious. I'm scared to open the oven and look at it. But use the light. Come to the light. I mean, it looks like it's cooking. Hmm. It's not leaking out, so I put it yeah, the pan. It's a springform pan, so I must have put the pan together right. That That's is good. tricky. 
Um, and you used the pre-cut round parchment paper? Yes, after many, many months of searching, you family, family found them. I family you found family them. Found them. I know, they were in the drawer under the straws. The drawer? They are in the drawer. The drawer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they got there, but wow. I have a feeling I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we've got about 17 minutes left on the tort. Oh. Um, is that French? We taught. <laughs> yeah, you can tell it's French by the. <laughs> I just thought you had a cold. No, 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 was no, the no, no. As I like to call it, the yellow blizzard. Oh God, it's just so bad. It's really thick. It's bad. Yeah. You know it's bad when the gators come out yellow. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what happened to that poor guy. <laughs> So, we've got a couple that hang around our neighborhood that yeah. um, have a great view from the of window view of, one of the ponds, both of the ponds over here. And sometimes I see one trying to cross the road. It's very Why funny. did the gator cross the road? To get to him, it's funny, because he, <laughs> he goes and gets him some he gator gets there, and then all of a sudden there's a commotion in the water. <laughs> and a few hours later, one of them's laying out on the bank. <laughs> the other one what the other one is doing but <laughs> well why don't we take a pause and then you can get set up and I don't know maybe you could talk about murder I'll do that and maybe you could whip, whip up some cream wait yeah you're good you got it doing that? you're got it all right I'll make some whoop cream whoop it up hold on guys I'm gonna go whoop it whoop it oh wait we're doing it right now what the hell <laughs> go just go okay ready introduce it or I didn't realize we were just going to go for it. Listen, it's been a traumatic pause, all right? <laughs> it really has, guys. I thought my house was going to burn down. It's very smoky. It's very boozy. And there's lots of butter. <laughs> the butter dripped out butter. of my freaking springform pan. And that now was, she's fanning herself with her motorbook. My dog's all torn up. Because <laughs> he thinks that the fire alarm might go off and so he's preparing. sister's got zero patience for me. And she's only given me three freaking and letters And she still to can't find them. My God. <laughs> <sighs> Next time I'll give you just one and see Thank if you, you can get it. So happy birthday, April baby. Yeah. Because we didn't do that ba before. We didn't. So. And now we did it. And now we did it. So happy birthday, April. Yay, April babies. Okay. Do you have murder by God? Yes. Please tell it to me. I'm going to tell you. Serve me up this a dose of murder. This takes place in Renton, 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 Renton. Not Renton. That's Not Renton Town? No, no. Mm -mm. It's in Washington. Washington, Washington State. Where you wash your socks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This occurs April 18th, 2010. Okay. 19-year-old Kathy Chow tells her dad she's going to go out for a walk. See ya. She takes her cell phone with her, and she heads out the door. Kathy had been on a school field trip earlier that day. Everything was normal. She left the house around 7. But Kathy's dad started to worry when Kathy didn't return. He's tried calling her, calling her, calling her, and her cell phone doesn't pick up. So around nine o'clock, um, he keeps calling her, and then suddenly a text message comes through on his work phone number. Okay. Which is really strange because Kathy and her parents don't text. Wow. Her parents don't do technology. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> and she never uses the work phone. Oh. So it, it's it's odd. it's a very odd occurrence that has happened. So, um, Kathy's dad calls the police and said, hey, something's, something's Something going on. Something is a mess. Right. So, the police come out, and whenever the police in Washington State, I don't know if this is everywhere, but the first thing they do with the missing persons is they try to ping their phone to try and figure out where this person is. Well, the text that Kathy's dad got said, I'm at the mall. I'll be home later. Um, but Kathy never came home. So the police start pinging her phone, and it's nowhere near the mall. Oh, my gosh. And um, 
it does show that around a little bit after nine o'clock, there were like seven text messages sent, mm -hmm. and then there was nothing after that. Hmm. Dead silence. So they start to reach out to some of the contacts um, in the area. Kathy was a 19-year-old high school senior, mm -hmm. local high school. So she had a lot of friends. She had a big um, internet presence. She okay. liked the Facebook and social media, mm -hmm. and she also did a little bit of online dating. And her dad said that, that she had also dated a guy named Ezekiel Watkins. So um, the police say, well, you know what? We're going to take a look-see into Ezekiel and see if he's seen Kathy anywhere. But, um, and they, sorry, just a little backstory there. Ezekiel and Kathy had dated in 2009, but had broken up. And he had started dating a good friend of Kathy's. And her name is Jamie. Okay. And Jamie, she's 15. So Jamie and Kathy um, had been really good friends, and then they were not friends anymore. Oh. Right. Um, police call Zeke. He goes by Ezekiel. He goes by Zeke. Zeke. Zeke, yeah. They call old Zeke down to the station, and they say, hey, do you know where Kathy is? Hey, Zeke. And he says, mm -mm, I haven't seen Kathy in about three months. And then they say, okay, well, where were you last night? And he said, oh, I've been hanging out with my friend John Carpenter. We're playing some video games. John Carpenter? Yeah. Did Do you he, know him? Yeah, he wrote um, He wrote some movies. Did he? I think so. Wow. Like some horror movies. Really? Mm -hmm. Huh. Mm -hmm. Not this John Carpenter. Uh, this John, well, no, maybe. We'll see. I mean, you don't know. Turns out to be quite an interesting character, but he's in his 20s. Okay. So, maybe. maybe. I don't think it's him. It could be. You don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Mm -hmm. I know. You don't know. I know. You don't know. Um, I know. Because I don't know. I do know because John Carpenter in 2010 was not in his 20s. Are you sure? I'm, 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 was he I'm, in his I'm, teens? I'm, no. <laughs> All right, then. It's settled. This is not the same John Carpenter. Yeah, but I told you that from the very beginning. <laughs> no, I said it. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Can I have a heart? I'm not I'm a heart attack. Not a heart, but hot. Uh, my God. She is sweating a little over I don't here. Like it when my when my kitchen gets all smoky. No wonder your dog freaks nervous. out. Nervous. All right. Would it be because you set your kitchen on fire the first time you moved in here? Yes. Durr. And you have a little bit of PTSD from that. A little bit. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God! That like the worst thing that could happen is if the, the fire truck comes and I have to explain to the office why my house is on fire. Oh Lord, it's from the tour. The dang stove! They're going to take the stove away from me. <laughs> remove the stove. Oh God! Sorry. I can see it we're going to remove the stove. They're going to take it out. Yeah. All right. So back to what's John going Carpenter. on. John Carpenter's house. They've been playing some video games. John says, "Yep, he was at my house. We were playing video games." Then they say, well, hey, Zeke, what do you think about a polygraph? You want to do like a polygraph and yeah. let's just While you're here. figure things out? Oh, sorry. It's loud. I've been told it's very loud, it's my fanning. Let me just stop it right this minute. I've already had to take my freaking bracelet off because she thinks that's too loud. A single silver bangle, by the way. Like Lord have mercy. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Not had enough liquor. <laughs> You've had more than enough. Oh my gosh! All right, I gotta get back to the story. Can we get through this, please? I know this is a podcast about murder. I, if you would just zip it for a minute, zip it, lady. Okay. Zeke takes the polygraph test and he passes. Oh good. So Zeke is no longer a suspect in Kathy's disappearance. Well, I wonder. So they start poking into that whole online dating situation, but nothing really jumps out. And they keep searching. Her friends and family put up missing posters. They do searches in parks. No Kathy. Oh, wow. Investigators set up a tip line. They get tons upon tons of false leads. Oh, I hate that. I know people mean well, but come on. I know. It really ties up the investigators. Like one person called in and said, I'm pretty sure I saw her in a parking lot. She was falling down drunk. 
Don't don't say that. Don't, don't say, say that. Don't try to insert yourself when you don't belong no, there. No, no, no. So uh, the case goes cold. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Um, the next school year starts, and things move and progress on as they do. I would imagine life continues. Life goes on, unfortunately. And then Kathy's friends notice something really strange about Zeke's girlfriend, Jamie. Ah. Jamie has come to school, and she is sporting a pair of, they look like Chuck Taylor-type tennis shoes. Okay. Only they go all the way up her calf and lace. You okay, know what I'm saying? So they're those. like the high, high tops. Yeah. Um, Mid-calf. Yeah. But they lace up like yes. a tennis shoe. And... That was like Kathy's signature shoe. That was that was her look. Her look. That was her thing. And Kathy's friends are like, "That's really weird." Like that all of a sudden, she Kathy. started coming in these shoes that have the same markings and look just like Kathy's shoes. Oh no! Like Kathy had drawn on them. No, they really just mimicked <gasps> Kathy's oh, no. shoes. I don't like where this is going. No, it's very creepy. Very creepy. So, um, around that time, June 22nd, there comes an anonymous tip to that tip line, which they've never closed. Oh, that's good. And the tipster says, you guys need to call in this guy. His name is Giovanni, but they call him Gio. Gio. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and I really just don't Let's care don't. enough about him to No, because you're going to massacre it anyway. Yeah. So, they said, you need to talk to Gio about um, Kathy. So police go find Gio, mm -hmm. and they said, you got to come here mm -hmm. and talk to us about Kathy. Somebody has called us and said, you know something, and yeah. you need to tell us what you know. Yeah. Well, it turns out. Sorry. Uh, oh, it's the no. timer. It's the time. It's supposed to go off. It's delightful. I know. I would Isn't never nice? get out of bed. <laughs> no, that, that is timer. not. That is just a timer. That's not an alarm. All right. Can the, you be in the charge alarm blares of, like, un Ooh. unspringing? Yes. And dusting. Yes, I'll take my glasses. I don't even care about the dusting. Just unspring it so it doesn't stick. Yeah. Okay? I can do it. Okay. I'm going to continue on Please. because I'm going to tell you right now, you'll Gio. be surprised to hear that Gio and John Carpenter are roommates. Uh, what? Oh, how fancy. What? Gio, what? So, um, Gio. Oh, my gosh. Oh, did it? Right off. oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, oh, it looks like it might stop tasting it. You gotta wait. I'm not waiting. I mean, I'm not. I know you're not waiting. Okay, back to the scene of the crime. No. <laughs> no. Wait, back to the police station. They say, hey, Gio, do you remember what happened the night? And he said, yeah, I remember. Uh, it was like around one o'clock in the morning, and. Zeke comes in and he's got on these really muddy shoes and he's muddy up to like his calves and he's got a cut on his lip. And when Gio said, dude, what happened to you? Zeke said, I was in a bike accident. And that was that. Then they just sat around and played video games. Okay. But then evidently, Gio, no, not Gio, but Zeke over the months became like, Erotic, not erotic. He's not erotic. Did you say erotic? Yeah, I did, but that's <laughs> not gross. It's not what I meant. erotic. No. He becomes psychotic. Psychotic. Holy a little psychotic. Boy. He's very short tempered. Oh my god. He's stealing things from Gio and John. So oh. police are like, okay, Gio, why what's the deal? Why are you are you just here because you're mad at him? Or did something really happen? Are you here because you're erotic? Are you erotic? <laughs> are you erotic? Are you erotic? He was erratic. Whatever. Whatever. It was weird. He ain't acting right. Right. So then police say, okay, well, we're going to call John Carpenter back because John Carpenter has more to the story. He, mm -hmm. he, he wasn't telling us the truth when right. he said, yeah, he was with me all night because it sounds like Zeke wasn't there all night. So this is when I fall in love with John Carpenter. They call John back into the station and they say, hey... You got some holes in your story here, Johnny boy. Can you tell me, was Zeke with you or not with you? Oh. And, and John says, well, I thought he was with me, 
but I might have been dreaming that. Sometimes I have lucid dreams. Oh, God. So I'm not really sure if he was there or if he wasn't there. Really? John, really? 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 You think you're going to get away with I have lucid dreams and I'm not sure? I don't. I know I told you he was here, yeah. but I'm not sure. No. Yeah. Well, John ends up corroborate, corroborating, cor agreeing with Jay's story. <laughs> So now the Texas are like in a very erotic way. An erotic, erotic, <laughs> erotic Zeke oh. and Dreamy John. Mm -hmm. So detectives say we got to get Zeke back down here to the station. So they call Zeke and say, hey, we've got some more information. Can you, can you come on down to the station? We've got some questions. And Zeke comes back and he's like, yeah, I mean, I've told you everything that I know. And the detective says, well, we ran some phone records and it turns out that your phone and Kathy's phone pinged together at eight. Oh, no. And Zeke is like, ugh, really? I'm in trouble. Well, it turns out I did meet her at the park and we got in a fight over my relationship with Jamie because Kathy's been harassing her. And threatening to call the police about his relationship because Jamie's only 15. Mm -hmm. And um, Zeke said, I had a knife with me and Kathy got really pissed off about that. So we struggled over the knife. Kathy got the knife. She cut my lip with the knife. <laughs> and then we struggled some more. I was trying to protect myself and get away. I might have, when that happened during the struggle, accidentally cut her throat, oh. and, she, and oh. she might have died. That's a that's a really big, accidentally. That's a big accident. Accidentally, for heaven's sake. Well, the police said, "Are you sure? <laughs> like, what did you do next? Yeah, what did you do it next?" In there, and Zeke said, "Well, when I knew she was dead, I called my friend John Carpenter." Oh, John. John Carpenter and said, hey, you're a very bad boy. Can you grab a shovel and meet me over here? And what do you do when your best friend calls you and says, grab a shovel? Well, he's my friend. I got to do it. You go show up with a shovel. And it could be a dream. I don't know. It's a I don't lucid know. dream. I could be having a lucid dream. I got to go with it. Yeah. But uh, John Carter took too long to get the shovel His to him. His name is John Carpenter. Carpenter. You named him John Carter. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> Sorry, John Carter. <laughs> John Carter does not listen to this. I can this. assure you John Carter does not okay, listen to this. thank God. Or we're going to be hearing from his attorney. Oh, <laughs> John Carpenter. John Carpenter took too long to get the shovel. So Zeke went to his house and he got the shovel. Oh. And then when John gets there. They got two shovels. They have two shovels. That's right. And so much better than he's one. he's here to bury Kathy's body. Oh. Right. But do they... So police keep asking <laughs> questions to Zeke. Like, Zeke, what can you, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And Zeke finally, finally gets to the point and he says, um, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Yeah. Like, this is only the 20th <laughs> right. time through it. And he actually leads the police to her grave. Oh, gosh. Turns out that Kathy's neck had been sliced from ear to ear. On accident. Accidentally. Mm -hmm. She had stab wounds to her chest mm -hmm. and defensive wounds on her arms. It doesn't sound like it was an accident, Zeke. I'm just saying it doesn't it sound like it. Sounds like she was fighting you off there, Zeke. Exactly. Zeke says that he had been really pissed off at Kathy for about six months because he was tired of her causing problems with his girlfriend, Jamie. And it was just making him mad. And she was harassing his girlfriend and threatening him. And he had had enough. He had been planning to murder her for two days. Oh, well, that's premeditated. On the day Kathy went missing, he sent her three text messages asking her to meet him. Um, and she agreed. Oh, On the way to the meeting, he said, Don't stopped. go meet your exes. No. Don't do it. No. Don't go meet your exes. No. If they want to meet you and you want to meet them, meet them inside of the police station. Exactly. That's where you can meet your ex. I will meet Only in appropriate places. Exactly. In court or at the police station. Right. Inside the police station. Like, you got to get there and 15 minutes early. And not, not alone. alone. 
Don't be alone. That's mm-hmm. just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, on the way to this meeting, he stopped off at a friend's house and grabbed a folding knife. Oh. Yeah. He's got a lot of good friends that yes. just really supply him with they lots of resources. They certainly do. And secrets. They keep his secrets pretty yeah. well. So he and Kathy meet, not at the park, but in an undeveloped area close to his house. Kathy. Bad place to meet. Right. Uh, Zeke pushes Kathy to the ground almost immediately. He pins her down by sitting on her, and then he starts to stab her in the chest. Kathy struggles to get away, and in that struggle, she does manage to get the knife, and it does cut him on the lip. Um, Boo freaking hell. When Zeke finally gets the knife back, he cuts her throat. And she dies. He and John did bury the body in a shallow grave. And then police started nosing around a couple days after she went meeting. And he got freaked out. Missing. Yes, after she went missing. What did I say? Meeting. I don't know. It's been a long night. (laughs) It's been a long two days tonight. Holy crap. (laughs) So he gets freaked out. And he goes back. He calls John and says, hey, dude, we got to. Dig a deeper grave. They unbury her, dig a deeper grave, and put her back in the grave. And they took the time, by the way, to wrap her in plastic and put her in the grave because she was filmed wrapped in plastic. Did they take her shoes? After she was dead initially, before John got there, Zeke took her shoes off. Why would he do that? As a trophy to give to his girlfriend. And she knew where those shoes came from? That is correct. She did. She should be an accessory after the fact. Yeah, the next day... They should all burn. Zeke gave Jamie Kathy's shoes and told her that he had killed Kathy. And here's here's her shoes. Here's her shoes, and then she wore them. I hope they're your size. And what Kathy said was, I couldn't say anything to anybody because Wait, I was scared. That's what Jamie said. <laughs> what did I say? Kathy, <laughs> let me help you tell your murder. Oh, like, I haven't had to do the same for you. Really? Come on. <laughs> Oh my God, did you put a sedative or some kind of pill in this coffee? I, didn't, I, I don't didn't. know what's happening. Okay, so Jamie said, I was scared, and that's why I didn't go to the police, and that's why I didn't say anything. Yeah, but I wore the damn shoes. That's a little much. Right. Like, so morbid. I How know. How can you even look at those or even have them in your house? Unless he was there physically holding a well, knife to my throat, exactly. making me put the shoes on, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, and no. How, how about I wear the shoes and then I go to the principal and say, the shoes that I'm wearing are Kathy's and my boyfriend murdered her. Exactly. Right. There you go. Crickets. Not good thinking people here. Well, so, Kathy bad. is not... Charged for anything. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Kathy nothing. is dead. Kathy is dead. How is she going to be charged? <laughs> Jamie. 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 Kathy. Get, I know. I'm sorry, Kathy. I love you. Kathy. Jamie's not charged me. with anything. She's, well, that's bullshit. Ezekiel Watkins is charged. I can just say I'm, I'm just wishing bad karma on Jamie. Okay. Ezekiel Watkins is charged with first-degree murder. He pleads not guilty. How? Because it was an accident. he said it was an accident. Yep. And then he said, then his mother filled out some kind of paperwork to make it seem like he had the mentality of a six-year-old. Oh, really? But it's okay for him to drive around. Right. So you're going to give a six-year-old a license right. and a car to go right. drive around. Right. So that didn't hold up to the jury at she all. She should be charged with perjury. Right. There's now so many things, things on her. So many things that went wrong here. Anyway, Ezekiel is found guilty and sentenced to 27 years with no parole, which is the maximum you can get for first degree in that state, I'm told. What? Um, Gia was cleared of any wrongdoing. Aw. Gia. He was just going mad with the knowledge. And Dreamy John gets immunity in exchange what? for his testimony. No, he doesn't even go to jail. Nothing. Son of Full a bitch. immunity for his testimony yeah, against okay. Ezekiel. I'm not wishing good things on these people, and I don't Crazy. like to be that person. But and and 27 years without the possibility of parole. But if you think about it, by the time he goes to trial, he's what? He was 22 when he murdered Kathy. He's going to be in his 50s. He's going to be so young. 49. Way, way too young to get out. Of, I don't understand. I don't either. I don't understand. If you're from Washington State, can you help me understand why first-degree murder only gets you 27 years in jail? Yeah, could somebody let us know, please? Because that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Mm -mm. 
And it was so premeditated. Well, that's the he first degree. He planned it. Mm-hmm. That's the first degree. And then he gave his shoes away. I don't know. That's, anyway. That's so morbid and disgusting. He's appealed the case. He appealed in 2017, and they said, you're crazy. And then it went to the Supreme Court in 2018, and they upheld the the um, conviction. lower court's decision to, to uphold the conviction. So he okay. didn't go in anywhere. But 27 years is a very short amount of time when you think about Gosh. it. Yeah. So, and I just feel so bad because Kathy was... It was cut short in her prime, and yeah. I mean the girl didn't even make it to her prime. They were immigrants from Taiwan, and and her parents just—I don't know—I I just felt really bad. They they did take the the detectives did take her parents out to where they found her body, and they were able to lay flowers on that spot and grieve for their daughter. But did they? There, so, but then they they got her body right. They got her body, and, and they, yes. They gave her a proper burial. They did. They yeah. did. But it just was sad because, you know, when when you look at some of the articles and stuff, in the beginning, her father wouldn't hand over her computer. They didn't want the police in their house. They didn't. Yeah, they were private They were people. just, and they were very reclusive yeah. in their life, you know? Kathy was their bright yeah. connection to the outside world, pretty yeah. much. And eventually... Kathy's dad did warm up and turn over her computer, but I think it just took him a little bit to figure out, you know, these people really are trying to help us. They're not trying to hurt us. But in the beginning, it didn't look good. Yeah. And they had asked her parents to take polygraph tests, but her mother said, I can't. I can't do it. I just can't do it. So She's so emotional. And the other thing is, is that English is their second language. Right. And then... That's not fair. Of course, they're suspicious because why wouldn't you take a polygraph test? I just told you. Well, it turned out the day they asked her to take the polygraph test was Kathy's birthday. Oh, that's so too much emotion. Then once they knew that, the detectives were like, of course she's not going to. But still, just the little hint of doubt oh, that's planted awful. out there. And yeah. people go completely crazy over it. It's not nice. It's not. Well, rest in peace, little Kathy. I'm so sorry. That's horrible. I know. So um, we've got some things to talk about. There's another missing person. Um poster that we did a little snip snip video on the other night and I wanted to talk about that real quick so that we can make sure if you if you didn't see it on social media I just want to make sure that everybody is aware we we are going to start showcasing these missing persons um, cases out we're going to start in South Carolina and if we ever run out of South Carolina or somebody reaches out to us, we may go to another state or, or you know, do something that we feel like it's really important because podcasters have a big voice these days, big voice. And if you follow the news, then you will see that a podcaster broke a very important case. A long, a, a a very old case that people have been wanting. Yes. Some. Um, it's the Kristen Smart case. Yes. And it's not that they necessarily broke the case, but they started talking about it and got it back out into the media and got it in front again of police and, and the public and said, listen, th- there's a person out here that has done this crime and they need to be caught. Right. So, um, yeah. And now there's been some arrests made and, they really moved ahead on that case. So. Yeah, so if somebody can bring something to light and it, you know. Yeah, we've got a microphone. We might as well use little, it for good. little tickle in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about a lady named Tammy Russell Kingery. Tammy has been missing since September 20th, 2014. She was last seen in North Augusta, South Carolina. She was last seen in her home on Mealing Road in North Augusta before her husband went to run some errands. Her husband came home to a note that said Tammy had gone for a walk, and nobody has seen her since. She is 5'4", weighs 125 to 130 pounds. She has long, sandy blonde hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information, please contact the Edgefield County Sheriff's Office at 803 803- 
637-5337 or 803-278-1625. Tammy Russell Kingry. Any information would be so appreciated. And we'll put her poster up on our social media. And, and guys, don't just read it. Pass it along. Pass it. You never Pass know. Pass it along. You, you just never know. know. It could be somebody used to live there during that time and they've moved or whatever, but they've got a tidbit that, that it jogs their memory for something. Or they could have been on vacation somewhere and it, and they saw something and kept on going home. Or, and, and then life, now and then it'd life be like, just wow, continues. Right. Yeah, exactly. So You don't know. You don't know. Especially right now, if you're living in South Carolina and you know anybody that's from that area, that lived in that area, just pass it out. Let's just get this in front of the public yes. as much as possible. So we're going to rely on you guys to help us push it out there as well. So when you see you it, You can do it! All right, speaking of you can do it, I would like to taste this tort. Oh, so sorry, but you're not tasting Yes, I am, because I made the uh, whipped cream. You didn't make anything. I whooped that cream. I whooped its ass. Prove it. I I don't know how. (laughs) Well, because you don't know how. Oh, I mean, (laughs) they don't know that. Well, I just told them. They know it now. How's it doing? Well, I don't know. Did the parchment paper come off? No, it's, no still it's still there. Don't feed it to me. No, I'm not quite sure what to do about it, though. I mean, I, you can't get it. You, I don't know. <laughs> you just told me to release it. I understand. Unspring it. I unsprung it. You unsprung it. Um, okay, well. Um, well, it looks good. It's very buttery. That makes my heart sing. <laughs> Very, very buttery. It looks amazing. It's a, it's a lot of butter. It's a lot of butter, y'all. Well, maybe if somebody does this recipe, they w- might want to back off on the butter. Maybe back down a little bit on the butter. Take a couple te- tablespoons out of it. Yeah. Especially since I added the um, bourbon. That could be the problem, too. Oh, yeah. But, um, I added the bourbon. Yeah, that's plenty enough. Oh, we were going to share that. I understand, but still a lot. <laughs> It keeps going in that bowl. I don't know what you want from me tonight, lady. I want you to feed me. Ew, that's so gross. Not, not feed me you're like weird. stick a spoon in you're my mouth. You're weirdo. You're weird for thinking that. No, you're weird for saying it. Just bring the food here, woman. All right, here it comes. While you're doing that, we have social media. We certainly do. We have Instagram, guys, and we want you on it. Come on, follow us on Instagram. Do it, do it, do At it. Sugarcoated Murder. Come on, do it. You can do it. And we also have TikTok, which we put a couple things out there. We got a couple new tick, followers tick. this week, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, I love so that. So I think we're up to like 16. So, um, hey, listen, whatever. That's okay. I mean, it's we start small. That's how we started with podcasting. You exactly. start small. So, um, what was that song? It only takes a spark to okay, get Girl Scout. a fire going. Okay. That's the Girl Scout song. Is it? Yeah. Is it a Girl Scout it song? It is. Yes. I don't know. So, anyway, and also we have Facebook. We do. Sugarcoated Murder Podcast fan page. Yeah. If you want any of the pre... I don't know what I'm saying. You just get some benefits like... We ask you, hey, what should we bake? <laughs> and then when you answer, we actually try to do it. And then we post our we stuff post, there the day before it's released to the general public. Yes, we do that. And um, we post memes and things like that. I mean, we're, we're a tight-knit group, I think. Mm-hmm. So, oh, God. Mm, it's Hold delicious. Mm, mm. Oh, my God. I think I may have cooked it just a little bit more. I don't know. I should have backed down the butter since I added the bourbon. It's good, though, guys. This but, um, is really good. Julie, it's not pretty, but it's very tasty. Julie, you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's a good one. Gluten-free. Mm, look at us. Mm. We're so healthy. Well, with our Baileys and Amaretto. We also have a regular fan page. No, a regular Facebook page. Yeah, just Sugar-Coated Murder Podcast. Yep. The thing about the fan page is if you want the benefits of the fan page, you have to join the fan page. Don't, Don't just like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to join it. Yeah, you got to join it. Um, I must say this is very good whipped cream. It is delightful. Thank you. And we have email. We do. And that email is murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. Dot com. 
Yes. And we answer emails and we'd love to hear from people. Yes. And and if y'all are baking any of our recipes, let us know. Yeah. And then post pictures for us so that we can see it. Tag us in it. Also, we'd like to see it. we are tea ambassadors for a company called Plum Deluxe Tea. I gotta tell you, I, I've been ta- I've been drinking a lot of the teas. Mm-hmm. My thing right now is I have my one cup of coffee in the morning and then I Around 10 o'clock, I brew a pot of tea. A pot of tea? A pot of tea. So I had the Queen's Blend green tea this week that was so good. Oh, my. I could not get over how good that was. And then also one day I had the tart cherry almond. that one sounds good. And that's an herbal tea with no caffeine. And that one was delightful. Delicious. And I actually had brewed a little more than I intended so instead of wasting it, I poured it over ice and drank it as an iced tea in the mm. afternoon. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was such a treat. So um, please look for our affiliate link. Yes. On um, We'll put it on all our social media. It's in our link tree, everything. It's for Plum Deluxe Tea. They're a great company out of Oregon. Yeah, and we get a little bit of a, a credit. We get a little bit of a credit. Yeah. From them if Don't, you yeah. use our link. Yes. If and you don't use our link, we don't we don't get the credit. We don't get the credit. Um, so and um also in our link tree, you can still buy us a coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we've really had a lot of success with that and we so appreciate everybody yes. that's been buying us cups of coffee. Yes, please continue because that um we're saving it up so that we can buy some new equipment. So we're really happy about that. Maybe yeah. one day we'll even be able to afford to graduate from the bells. Oh. From the desk bells to the hand bells. I don't know if I want to. I love no, the bells. I do I'm love so the bells. I'm so good at them. Oh. Well, we I do. mean, I really got it down to a science. Yeah, the science is, what are we on? What am I playing? What's the letter? All right, lady. <laughs> Zip it. Zippity-doo-dah. Okay, guys. We love you. Yes. Please, please, for the love of God, stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. That's it for us. And we're going to use ugly language, and we're going to apologize to our mama, but we're still going to do it. And it's really going to upset my dog. I know. Don't upset Brown. Nope. All right, right, guys. I'm going to put my bracelet back on now. (laughs) Have a good night. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.